This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with Cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 168 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and despite the fact that we've won, I'm joined by Jake this week. How you doing mate? Oh Ben, I get to talk and be positive. Uh, I'm so excited. No, um, I'm good, mate. Thank you. I, 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 like you, I've had a really hectic Thursday. I've just done loads of recording stuff with with a few uh, other creators, and and now it's ten to ten on Thursday night, and we're recording the pod. So no, good, good, mate. I'm good, tired, but good, and happy that we're we're safe. Absolutely, that is dedication to the cause, and I will no doubt be up until the early hours getting it all edited, along with another podcast I've got to go edit. So, uh, yeah, fun times ahead. But um, no, obviously, you know, big week, uh, big week for the Imps. Um, a a spirited performance on Good Friday um, that unfortunately didn't lead to us getting what I think many people felt we deserved out of the game, um, and then. Well, it was it was a, a convincing victory on Monday, wasn't it? But uh, let's start with let's start with Friday um, yep. away at Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, well, you were uh, you know you were on the pod last week with Gaz, and I think it was um, you confidently predicted that we'd get one point from both games, if that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think anybody expected us to take anything away at Portsmouth, and to be brutally honest with you. When their second goal went in, I just turned to Rachel and I said, it's game over, isn't it? But that wasn't the case. Um, Really spirited performance. Um, You know, I think we didn't disgrace ourselves as we have done previously uh, this season. But ultimately, it wasn't quite to be. um, And it was a hell of a game if you weren't invested in either club, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I I made the the long trip down Ben to to Pompey on the supporters coach, which which was quite fun actually. So just a shout out to JP for the three tickets, massively appreciated. Um, no, look Ben, I had a really good day out. It, the sun was shining. Um, I met my mate Tom, who was on who we had on the pod last time uh, on the preview show as well. Um, and the game of football 
we sort of knew that it meant nothing in the fact that Pompey couldn't get promoted and it was highly unrealistic that we were going to get relegated. I mean, never say never, but, you know, given the, the, how poor the teams are down the bottom, we were never going to get relegated, I didn't think anyway. Um, and it was a great game of football. In the first half, um, if you watched it, you, you would know it was... I thought that we contained them pretty well. There was nothing really um, dangerous. I think we had a few shots. I remember Teddy Bishop having a pop. Anthony Scully had a couple of shots. Um, the closest they came was, I think it was Aidan O'Brien. Um, clipped one across the face of goal. Didn't look like conceding. And then second half, I will admit, Ben, um, I was getting a pie and a drink um, <laughs> when the penalty was given. Um, we sort of just having a chat um, uh, at, the pie, at the pie thing because we've been held up in the queue by a well-known Imps fan um, that I will not mention because um, he was taking too long to order his pie. Um, uh, we were late getting back, so we just heard Pompey fans cheering and we thought, oh, bugger me, we've bloody lost, conceded a goal. Um, no, it was a penalty and watching it back, 100% a penalty for me, Ben, I don't know what you thought. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it was fairly obvious that I don't think Cullen saw the man um, coming in, I think he had his eyes focused on the ball and ultimately, yeah, basically kicked him in the chest, didn't he? It was, yeah. uh, at, at the time, I was, you know, quite angry with it. I thought, oh, it's a brainless challenge. And then looking back at it, I was probably being a little bit harsh. But at the same time, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. And ultimately, yeah, no complaints whatsoever about the penalty. Um, just basically went straight through him. And yeah, it was a, it was a poor one to give away. But, eh, you know. Yeah. And Cullen's been really good in recent weeks, Ben. So you have to, you have to sort of give, um, you sometimes have to give, you know, credit, even though he's given away a penalty, admittedly. But, you know, I, I think of the game where he came on against Rotherham and completely changed it. I think mm-hmm. he was, um, he was good um, in a home game that that we recently played as well. And I think he's not had a, the greatest of loan spell. I don't, I don't think he he would admit that. But it's not been too bad. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. the, the the second goal. Um, the free kick, obviously, Michael Jacobs is a player that does that quite regularly. Um, could Jordan Wright do better it's on his side? Potentially, he could do better. I um, think, for, for me, I think he was probably a little bit unsighted of it, which, yeah, yeah like you say, it, it's on his side of the goal. Um, you know, I don't want to just stick the boot in, but I, I think it was one of those where you, you look at it, you think, yeah, I for me, I think he's potentially got to do a little bit better because he, he just seems to... He, he looks like he's at full stretch, but the ball hits the back of the net like in the middle of the goal. Yeah. So, yeah, strange one, but, you know, like you said, it's the quality of the free kick was yeah. absolutely excellent. So. And as a keeper, Ben, I can understand why Jordan Wright might take a couple of steps um, what to his, to his right because... You, know, you can't in modern day football. You can't always trust your wall, even though you set your wall. You can't always trust them to do the job. And you see, with most free kick goals that go in nowadays, whether that be in the Premier League or the division that we're in, the goalkeeper is fully committed to going the wall side. And how many times does it go around the other way and beat the goalkeeper? And then mm. we're all criticising the goalkeeper because it's goalkeeper's side. So, look, <laughs> John Wright's got a difficult job. Um, could he have done better? I mean, I mean, the third goal, I think he probably could have done better. Um, but we've got two Lincoln goals to, to, to talk about first. Yeah, well, like I said, as soon as that second goal went in for Portsmouth, I, I just thought, well, I'll see it. We've, you know, game over. We're not going to get anything out of this. Um, and then there was a, a, a pretty swift response. Um, 
and a, a really really clever ball from um, from Paul out from the defence out to Norton Cuffey basically took one touch didn't he um, and you know threaded it through for Teddy Bishop who put it away and if you're going to respond to going two nil down I think that is the best way to do it because you you know you you have to um, get in the goal as quickly back as we did. It, it sort of took some of the wind out of Pompey sails and it, it gave us a bit of a, you know, a bit of a second wind, didn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, Ben. It was a really smart finish from, from Ted as well. And it's mm. good to see him getting in goal scoring opportunities because we know how talented a player he is. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he, he obviously got a uh, couple away at, at Cheltenham. Um, obviously he was playing right back there. I think having him in that sort of, you know, number eight role, number 10 role, you know, wherever, whatever role it is you want to say that he was playing, kind of just sitting behind the front two. I think that was, um, that's likely where he's he's going to produce his best football for us. And I think it was a, a really, really nice finish, like you said. Um, and I was just delighted to, to see him get on the score sheet because I know, I think he's, he's been unfairly criticised, I think, because I think a lot of people said, um, why have we signed him? You know, he's another croc and all that. But, when you look at it, he's played, I think Gav said the other day, I think he's played 36 games for us this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so possibly an understated member of the squad or an understated member of the first 11 at this point. Obviously, a lot of that has been with him playing at right back. But with Brooke Norton Cuffey coming in, it's allowed him to push up and you know play a little bit more in his natural position. Um, so, yeah, you know, really good finish from him. Um, and then... Uh, a substitution where you know John Marquis goes off, much to the uh, delight of the Pompey fans. Ben House comes on, and within 30 seconds, Ben House has his first Lincoln City goal. Um, a, a suspicion of offside, maybe, uh, but you know we're not going to complain about that. It was uh, really, really nice to see him getting on the score sheet, and I think I imagine it was absolute pandemonium in the away end when that went in. Ben, I'm going to say it, limbs. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm currently just trying to stall because I, I actually had a, a chat with, with Gab about um, Ben House um, just before we recorded this, um, about him playing there. But obviously, I think it was a really good good for, for Ben to come on. Obviously, he we passed the, the, the Eastley Stadium um, when... We, we we went on the way to Portsmouth, so he's you know he's from around these parts, isn't he? Um, and it was really good to see him get on the pitch and score, especially away at I think at Portsmouth, given the fact that you know he's so close to home. I'm desperately trying to score because I had a chat with Gab about if he scores every 24 seconds in the league oh, next I year, did see that, yeah. he'll end up with like I think it's 10,305 goals. I'm desperately trying to score. So but bear with me, Ben, if you want to. Do some of your um your bedtime stories just while we 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 uh while I try and find this fact. I mean, it's it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? No one's going to score every twenty four seconds. Mate. Just watch him. Just, <laughs> just watch him because you know performance on Monday as well was was bloody good. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we'll we'll come on to it uh, in a minute, but I think to see him get his first uh, goal for the club, and I think it it felt really good because it was um as one of the sort of project players um, that we brought in alongside Charlie Kendall, I think it's uh, it, it, just delighted to see him um, get on the score sheet, really. Uh, and at that point, 
I kind of thought, you know, maybe we could potentially go on and win it. Um, I thought by far we were the better team in the first half. Um, we just couldn't quite, couldn't quite nick the goal before half time. Um, then the, uh, you know, the keeper, well, their, their, their keeper got given man of the match, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people have said it, that says everything. Um, and the fact is, you know, we, we had what, 26 shots, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we? Uh, yeah, about 20, uh, 26 shots um, to their 17, which, you know, from somebody that was uh, from a team that was quite shot shy for quite a while and, you know, quite uh, not not so much attackingly minded. I think it was, you know, really, really nice to see that. But um, yeah, just unfortunate, really, with the third goal, because um it, it was just that moment when you saw Raggett hit it. You think, oh, he's, you know, Jordan's got this covered. And unfortunately, he, he spilled it and it, uh, it it just landed at the um, landed at the feet of Ronan Curtis, didn't it? And unfortunately, when you're that, you know, two yards out, nobody else around you, um, you've nicked it off the keeper. And it's, you know, that was unfortunately game over. I think there's about eight minutes left in the game at that stage. So disappointing to not take anything from that game but lots to take from the performance wasn't there yeah um gutted that it was the beak man that got the winner um <laughs> devastated because obviously we, we we don't like Rowan curtis but yeah i mean i th- i think we played really well um like you sort of mentioned that once we got to 2-2 two, two, i i think there was a consensus that especially in the away end that we we were on top and you know, we were going to go on and, and make, you know, get that third goal. I think we came close on a few occasions. So Yeah, well, I think Cullen hit the bar, didn't he, with a header and then yeah, the Vandals. Yeah, and, and look, Bazoo, yeah. Bazunu, um Ben, is a really good goalkeeper. Obviously, he's on loan from Manchester City. Um, when I was speaking to uh, Tom when I was at the ground, he was telling me that there is European interest in Gavin Bazunu, um from Manchester City. And he well, he might be slightly biased in the fact that he said that if Edison was to to drop out, Gavin Bazunu wouldn't be an half bad replacement. So that's the sort of level of goalkeeper we're talking about. Um, and for him to get another match, he made some really good saves. Um, obviously, um, just to sort of say how former imps gone as well. Joe Morel lasted five minutes before he got injured. Um, Sean Raggett had a really good game as well. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't really be talking about. And then Tyler Walker didn't get on which no. is brilliant because he scores goals. So <laughs> look, um, happy that happy that we could put on a performance that was worth the support because the support was really good. Um, yeah. Just a, a top day in general. And then obviously um, people might not like it, but Danny Cowley came over and was massively, um, you know, he was appreciated by the away support. And I think um, that bond is still there, um, which, is, which is nice to see because it, sometimes when a manager leaves a club um in not in the circumstances than he did but when the manager leaves a football club for better things you sometimes see some supporters being bitter but i can promise you that, that there was nobody in that away end that was not clapping danny cowley when he came over and look it was really nice um a good day of football um the result didn't go our way but you know cracking day out and um we'll do it again next year yeah absolutely i think the the one thing that I'll say on that is, you know, I think we've we know that we we have an appreciation for for what was done um, by Danny and Nicky, but 
I, I think there is definitely um, an air of uh, kind of rewriting history a little bit with some people because I think there were a lot of people that were incredibly uh, uh, angry and, and a bit bitter after after he left. And um, all of a sudden, they are his biggest fans and want him back. But, you know, yeah. it, that's that's football, isn't it? That's um, the link fan base for you, Ben. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, uh, frustrating to not, not come away with a point. Um, obviously, a little bit of news that came out, which we will discuss after talking about Monday. Um, but confirmation that Liam Bridcut and Joe Walsh and also Chris McGuire and I think that's it won't yeah. play again this season. Um, I I personally I, I think from you know the from that I think it's only Brids that's out of contract at the minute and if it were down to me I would I would one hundred percent offer him a new deal. Maybe not as a kind of, you know, if, if you're talking football manager terms, you're not going to put him down as a key player. Um, you're going to have him as somebody that's going to be around to to play the odd game, um, you know, or the, the, the games when he's fit and, and help around um, the back room when he's uh, when he's when he's out. But um, I hope that this isn't the end of the, you know, the, the Liam Bridcut story at Lincoln City, because I think he's got a lot to offer, even as a sort of advisor to the younger players um and you know in, in a coaching role um and hopefully that's what he decides to do because I, I think he'd be a bloody good coach yeah i and i'm in agreement man i think the club should bend over backwards to give Liam Bricker a new deal um purely the fact that when Liam Bricker played given the fact that it, it's not every week we are simply a better football side mm-hmm. um we look better in midfield i think it allows it gives you know Conor McGrandles the access to get forward, and he's not the one that's you know has to defend and protect the back four. Um, I think that having Liam Bricker around players such as Max Sanders next season and Charlie Kendall and Ben House will be pivotal because his experiences and look, Bricker has played for some top top teams um, in the country and. I just feel that his experience is going to be massive for us. Um, like you said, I think I even tweeted this other week um, that we need that it, it, perhaps it is done as on a play pay as you play contract. Um, but I, I think the club should be looking to put Liam through his coaching badges and you mm-hmm. know if, well unless he does it himself. But you know keeping Bridcut in the building is going to be massive for us next season. And yeah. I understand people's concerns that, oh, we don't play enough games. Um, but he has an impact on the football club on a daily basis. And, and we don't all see that all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think, I think for me, the, the argument wouldn't be you build a team around him because you can't like, right. it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Like you can't build a team around a player that isn't guaranteed to be um, playing, you know, 30, 40 games a season. Like, you, you just can't do it, um, mm-hmm. which is why I think having him almost as a mentor for, you know, for the younger players, um, he is able to do that. So, you know, it could be almost like a Jamie McComb situation where he he has a, a playing contract of sorts, um, but he's primarily backroom staff. You know, he's, he's going to be a coach, but registered as a player just for, you know, when he's needed kind of thing. But... Um, but yeah, um, I don't think there's any you know, too much surprise about Joe Walsh 
missing out the rest of the season and um, uh, pretty much the same with Chris McGuire, to be honest. I think he's, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's a shame that we're not going to see them for the you know next few games. But again, Walsh is still in and around the building on match days. I saw him on Monday and it was, um, yeah, you know, it's it's nice to know that people are still kind of out and about. They're not just sitting at home and, and tossing it off, you know. Well, um, yeah, like even even Brooke and TJ were there, weren't they? And Karen was there on on Monday as well. Um, yeah. After the, uh, so you know, re- really good to see that. Despite people saying that you know the dressing room might not be backing the manager, it's good to see that the players are all there on a match day, injured, not injured, um, supporting the lads and ultimately getting over the line. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, let's come on to Monday then, because. I don't think anybody quite anticipated that first half of football. Um, I know people will turn around and say, well, Cheltenham were already on the beach or, you know, Cheltenham didn't have anything to play for. They didn't care. You can only play against what's put in front of you. And, well, you know, three nil up at half time. And I think that just gave us the ability to take a foot off the pedal in the second half, really. But what a first half of football that was. Um, and some really nice goals as well, weren't there? Yeah. Um, look, Cambridge have been... Not Cambridge. Bloody hell. Cheltenham, um, Jake. Come on. Burning, I'm burning into Ben. Um, look, Cheltenham have had a really, really impressive season under Michael Duff. Um, mm-hmm. They've, in many ways, they've done what Crew did last year. If you can remember, Crew obviously massively overachieved and, and were really solid last season. Um, and I, I think there's a feel amongst Cheltenham fans that... You know, they've massively overachieved with Michael Duff, the manager, is well, he was fourth favourite for the Burnley job, which sort of tells you the the, the accolades wow. that Michael Duff is getting for, for, for what he's done this year. Um, look, Cambridge, like I say, Chatham have been really impressive this season, but it was clear that they were on the beach, wasn't it? They, it, they didn't have their best day, I didn't think either. You know, they had some really good players. Um, Alfie Mayers scored 20 goals this season in the league. Callum Wright, who's on loan from Leicester, has been tearing it up in midfield and probably one of the better loanies of the of the campaign. And, you know, they're not a bad side. And ultimately, I think the fact that we had something to play for made it, gave us that little bit of an edge. Um, and the first half, like you say, unbelievable. Like the, That probably is the best 20 minutes of football we've played all season, Ben. I, I, I don't know if you'd agree. Um, um. I, 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 I mean, obviously there was, you know, obviously there was the Cambridge away game. I don't think we we put Cambridge to bed in 20 minutes, so we put Cambridge to bed over the 90. Whereas oh, that's true. Cheltenham was like, Cheltenham was like, you know, when you get in a ring with with Tyson Fury and he knocks you out <laughs> in one punch. Whereas against Cheltenham, we were sort of a bit more like a, a less well known boxer. Um, but no, um, the goals were really good, weren't they? That I mean, the ball from Fiorini to Whitaker for the first goal. And I think Fiorini deserves an awful lot of credit because he got a lot of stick yep. um, during the first half of the season. And he has massively turned that around, hasn't he? And I, I would say that, you know, if you're basing it off half a season, Fiorini has probably been the best player of ours this, this second half of the season. Um, mm. Tied between him and Cohen, I would think. Um, but no, really good goals. Morgan Whitaker, good for him to get some more goals. I think that's five for the loan spell now, which is really impressive. Um, and then Scully. But the the disappointing thing about the Scully goal for me, Ben, was that Liam couldn't kill, Liam Cullen couldn't finish his dinner. Um, <laughs> two, 
two parts at the cherry. First, the goalkeeper saves. The second one cleared off the line, and then it took Scully just to absolutely thunder it into the in, into the roof of net. But no, I mean, I, really... I would I would possibly argue that the one that was cleared off the line went over the line. But I'm you know it obviously doesn't matter in the end because it went in eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, it was 20 minutes. It was too hot to handle for, for Cheltenham. And don't get me wrong, they were poor. Like, they were they had a severe off day because we've we've seen at times this season how well they can play. They've, you know, they beat Sunderland at home. They drew a Sheffield Wednesday at home. They've, they've got some pretty good players and, uh, and had some good results this season. Um, so, no, look, yeah. And then, obviously, there was the whole Atete thing, wasn't there? He, he rounded the goalkeeper. We practically gave them a goal, and then he decides to hit the post. I mean, player of the player of the season for us, surely, that Atete. Um, look, good result. Safety is confirmed, Ben. That's all we really, that's all we care about, because there was that lingering doubt, wasn't there, that 2010-11 might come back to Haunters, and we might just absolutely cock it up somehow. But we haven't. And that's that is all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think the the thing for me was you know going into the game, we needed a point, or we needed Fleetwood and Gillingham to draw. Ultimately, Fleetwood and Gillingham drew, and we got three points. So perfect day. Um, yeah, like let's just talk about the the you know um, about Morgan Whitaker for a second because he's obviously been. You know, some sections of the fan base have used him as a bit of a punching bag. Um, unfairly, I think, yes, he's not been great, but you can't pin everything on one player. Um, and, you know, as you said there, he scored five goals now. That is the same amount of goals as John Marquis has scored. And you would potentially turn around and say, who's had the bigger impact? Has it been John Marquis or Morgan Whitaker? You you know, nine, nine people out of ten that you ask that question of would probably turn around and say, oh, Marquis, by a long way. Um, but ultimately they've scored the same amount of goals and I'd probably argue that Whitaker's made one or two more assists. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, an interesting, yeah, uh, interesting afternoon for him. I think he's, uh, you know, I, I think he, he played really well. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately he, he kind of got back to that, um, that performance that we saw on his debut, you know, where he, he sort of made everything look effortless, you know, running around players and just knocking the ball past somebody and, and almost appearing to jog past them when ultimately, you know, that he's basically in a full on sprint to get past them. Um, but like you said, lovely ball from Fiorini um, over the top, really nice touch from Whitaker. And he, he just, yeah, he, he made it look so easy to, to took that one away. Um, and then, his his second goal was well, it was just sublime, wasn't it? You know, cuts inside and from what eighteen, nineteen yards just unleashes with his left foot and goes straight in. I I think we nobody was expecting him to do that and when it went in, I think everyone just went a bit mad. Um I don't you know. think the goalkeeper expected him to do it, Ben, because the goalkeeper for the the goal is horrendous. Hmm. Um, yeah, just, I don't think the goalkeeper was anticipating what Whitaker was was doing there. No, um, but I don't think anyone's going to complain because, yeah, you know, for for that first for that first twenty minutes or so, absolutely unstoppable football. Um, and let's you know, let's not over egg it. Let's not you know say it was the best thing since you know out of outside Real Madrid. It was, you know, it, it was a team. <laughs> it was a team that was potentially, you know, like we say on the beach and and all the rest of it, but. 
like I said earlier, you can't, you, you can only beat what's put in front of you. And ultimately we did so very convincingly. Um, and then it, it sort of led to a bit of a, a nothing second half of the first half and then entirety of the second half, wasn't it? Didn't it? Cause it was, I think we hit the post um, at one point and then, uh, there wasn't really too much else to, to shout about, but it, it was kind of solid enough to keep Cheltenham away. Um, and yeah, no complaints with uh, with the performance or the final result in the end, was there? Yeah, I think the second half was the game that we were probably all expecting. Yes. Um, Cheltenham, it was m- much more even. I think Michael Duff alluded to the fact that they sort of changed formation a little bit to stop the diagonal coming from Regan Paul. Because if you can remember... Um, Paul was just playing that diagonal and it was pretty much landing at the feet of Whitaker pretty much every single time and Whitaker had loads of space. Um, I think they, they tightened it up a little bit. Obviously, they had chances of their own. Atete ran to the goalkeeper um, and passed it back to us. Very nice of him. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but look, that was the game we were expecting. And, that, and in a way, Ben, that's how most of our home games have been this season. Hmm. This half where games have been really tight you know the mar- the margins this year in league one are so so small um that literally the smallest mistake can cost you and we've seen that a lot at home you know how many games tight games have we had at home i can rem- you know just thinking off the top of my head that the game against bolton was was really tight that we were in even though we lost the game against morecambe which you you think we won the game but Quite, you know, it was a bit nervous, wanted a bit edgy because it was a tight game, and we've had loads of games like it all season. And you know, fingers crossed that uh, that now that the the boys have got a a, a thrash, not a thrashing, but you know, certainly a, a better result than what we've had most of the season in, in the systems that they can go out there and play with that sort of confidence at home. Because I think Michael will, will allude to the fact that we've been pretty poor at home over the last couple of years. Um, and when you've got the supporters like we have and the way they get behind us when, when everything's all going in our direction, I, I genuinely don't think there's a better place to be in football and it massively helps the players like we constantly keep hearing. So, no, look, um, I got on a massive tangent there, Ben. I do apologise. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, tight game. And um, yeah, I, I'm just glad that we were 3 Because obviously you look at Shrewsbury, Ben, they were 3 up at half-time against Doncaster. And Doncaster then came back and drew 3-3. So we've not done a bad job by keeping it tight and and, and making sure that we, we got the three points that we needed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, when you do the job that you've got to do in the second half, it's, it is essentially just keeping them out, isn't it? And uh, delighted that we um, managed to do so and came but away. They didn't with... want to go in, Ben. They didn't want to go in. It wasn't a case of keeping them out. They didn't want to go in. They didn't want to go in. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um but yeah, obviously, like you say, safety's confirmed. We'll be in League One again next season. Um, although, if the panicked headlines would have you believe, we will be in League One with a reduced budget. Now, obviously, the news kind of came out after the, um, or well, before the um, before the Portsmouth game. I think uh, Michael Horton spoke to to Liam Scully uh, on the radio and. You know, Liam sort of alluded to the fact that there would be a lower budget next season, which uh, immediately led, uh, so I'm told, to a 
uh, an outpouring of anger and annoyance all over social media with people saying that it wasn't ambitious and all of the usual tropes. Um, it was then clarified. I think Gaz did a, a stream um, where he was on, <laughs> instead of doing a dog walk, he was on the treadmill. Um, <laughs> a Gary and, walk. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Gary walk. Um <laughs> Uh, where he, you know, he said obviously he'd, he'd had a chat with Liam, and uh, it was then further clarified by the media manager at the club, I believe, um, where they said, you know, the the budget at the start of the season will be similar to the budget of the start of the season this year. Um, I think Liam was essentially saying, you know, this is the overall budget that he's talking about, where they invested heavily in January to to make sure that we stay in League One. That's obviously been successful, um, but it does potentially mean that what could have been, you know, put into the pot um, for 22-23 potentially got spent to, to keep us in the division, um, which, you know, I'd, I'd much sooner have a, a slow, well, not a lower because, again, it's going to be the same at the start of the season, but, you know, a, a predicted lower or slightly lower budget um, in League One than, you know, getting relegated and, and having to fight to get out of that division again. Um, I mean, it, it seems like ultimately, as sometimes these things are, it, it ended up being a bit of a storm in a teacup. Um, and hopefully, you know, people's fears have been put at rest. Um, if we do well in a competition, you know, if we have a cup run it's not like we've had one of them for a few years um if we, if we get a point where we'll have you know a big team coming to central bank we'll potentially have a few more quid spend in january which will then give us that extra boost you know that's that's how it's going to work i mean it's football fortune in the end isn't it yeah ben and i hate you because you literally just took my point completely out of my mouth while you were speaking there um <laughs> So now I'm left looking like a bit of an idiot. No, look, it's very obvious that the club felt they were in danger where their League One status was not going to be secured. So they felt that to make an investment to make sure that the, the club's status in League One was going to be pretty much guaranteed. And you look at the signings that we made, so the likes of Marquis and Whitaker and Cullen, and they've all played their part in helping us retain League One status, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And that is the priority at the end of the day. Because if you'd have said, Ben, 10 years ago, you know, we had just finished our, what, first or second season in the National League. If you'd have said then, in 10 years, you're going to be playing your fourth consecutive season in League One, I think all of us would have laughed at you, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just to add, just, just, you know, just to, uh, look, overspending... I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't know how much we spent, um, but I. I don't think that, you know, bringing in these sorts of players, um, it's obviously helped. So, look, I'm not moaning. I'd much rather have a similar budget to what we had last year and be in League One, like you said. So, um, uh, uh, than rather than have the biggest budget but be in League Two. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Then I. I. I didn't understand really what all the the, the hissy fit was for. Um, I can imagine that the headline probably. You know, caused a few upset um, Twitter keyboard warriors to come out, um, which is fine. That's the whole reason of Twitter to have your opinion. But um, 
that the club are being well managed from from my point of view and to have a similar budget uh, you mean our budget was not competitive but we still signed some pretty good players in the summer didn't we so mm. I, I'm I'm not too worried about budget because we've got a manager who, who who can recruit pretty well anyway. Yeah, and I, you know I think obviously that there will be people that you you've said the dreaded R word um, in recruitment, and there will be people that will immediately jump on your back saying, "Oh well, X Y Z hasn't worked out," and it's like, yeah, p- players don't work out. You know, players don't necessarily fit. You know, players don't necessarily fit a style of football, or they they there's a personality clash or whatever it is. You know. There may be something where a player doesn't gel with with the football club. Um, it's not something you're necessarily going to know until you get them through the door and they play. But you know, a couple of seasons ago we had, well, last season, sorry, we had you know two incredible loans that came in. We had a a centre back that was getting up and scoring that looked like he was potentially going to be moving in for the golden boot. We've got a left back that came in and has developed to the point where we sold him for half a million pounds. Those was those were transfers that worked out, you know. And and this season we've had a couple that have worked out, and then there's been a couple that you would argue that haven't worked out. And it, it, you know that's just how football is. It's not you're not going to sign an absolute banger every time you 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 dip into the market, are you? No, no, because it's unrealistic that you know, even the top clubs like Liverpool fail on recruitment at times. So, yeah. I mean, look yeah. at who was it? Uh, uh, when Sanchez signed for Man United from Arsenal, you know, massive deal made about him, and then within two seasons he's out on loan. You know, and, he, I, and then he's I thought gone. you might bring up a Man United deal, Ben. I was just, I'm just trying to think because the only reason that I remember it is because of that <laughs> god awful announcement video where he was playing on playing the, the piano, playing the piano. Later on, Man United. Later on in the pod, don't worry. <laughs> up, up the sleeve, Ben. Um, but no, look. As I say, you know, you look at Ipswich for example. They've recruited 20 players over the summer. Um, yes, and they've had a manager change, but I think a lot of the players that they signed over the summer, are, you know, are quickly going to be moved on. I think, you know, the likes of Scott Fraser, he was signed in the summer. He's pretty much gone already. He's at Charlton. I think the likes of Pigger and Aluko will all be gone from Ipswich. So look, you can't get them all right. Um, but Appleton's not done too badly in the in the windows previous. I mean, Brennan Johnson did wear a Lincoln City shirt because of Michael Appleton, um, and that's the one that you would highlight. So, yeah, difficult. Recruitment is, is a touchy subject, as I understand, for a lot of people. Um, but I trust the manager to recruit efficiently, um, and I, I trust the club to recruit efficiently, because that, that tends to be what we've done in the last five or six years. Yeah, I think there's probably been more hits than misses, I'll say that much. Yeah, agreed. Um, anyway... Let's uh, let's sort of put that, you know, I say bad news. It was one of those moments. Um, uh, just put it aside, and we'll talk now a little bit about um, you know a moment that I saw on the site, and I thought bloody hell, Lewis Monsman's changed a bit. But no, it was Gary in his uh, in his lovely green Fans for Diversity shirt, um, which is part of the My Shirt My City project. Um, I will be honest with you. I I was uh, made privy of this or made privy to this quite a while ago, um, where Maria got in touch with me and she said, you know, that I did the I did the drawings of the the shirts a while back, and she said, oh, could you do one for a project we've got coming up, which I did, and she sort of put it around social media, um, 
but yeah, a really nice idea um, celebrating the diversity of, of Lincoln City fans um, and a fan design shirt as well, uh, kind of paying tribute to the uh, the history of the, the the community, you know, with the the, uh, the bishop's eye window motif along the middle, uh, the RAF logo, and then of course the Lincolnshire flag as well, um, sort of being uh, included on well, the, the colours of it being included on the on the uh, on the cuffs on the sleeve. So really nice project, really nice, um, uh, really nice shirt, and uh, I'm I well, I've I've managed to get hold of one. Um, are you going to try and grab one, Jake? I think I probably will. It looks really nice, um, and it's a really it's a really good thing to do, isn't it? Um, mm. Brings your community and your club together. I, if I'm honest, Ben, I think a lot of football clubs. I speak to a lot of fans of, of other football clubs, and you know they come to Central Bank and they're they're very envious of the diversity in the crowd that we've got. Um, obviously, you know the, the the amount of, obviously the work that Maria and the Lisa Imps do is is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, you only have to look at the recent games. I can't remember which game it was. We had the Imps Junior takeover. Um, mm-hmm. You've got people from all sorts of areas um, coming to watch Lincoln, and a lot of clubs are envious of that because you know some of them are stuck in the in their old ways where it's all old blokes who have walking sticks and buy a program that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lincoln City is is moving forward with the times, and that's really exciting. And it it sort of shows you that as a club we're heading in the right direction, and this new kit that is beautiful by the way um mm. it's such a nice color um it sort of signifies that we're on the right path and um no really good idea um gary really really suits the the shirt as well which is which would be good for views on the blog no doubt um but no yeah uh just happy that just happy that the club are, are showing that ambition and, and, and are still really happy to work alongside the community and, and all the work the foundation doing as well. So I, I don't think it gets shouted about um, enough. So really good work. And uh, hopefully we, we have more of that sort of thing um, over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, whether it was right or wrong um, about, forgetting the history of the club or having it stripped away and all of those rumblings a few weeks back. Um, And it must have been quite frustrating for people that have been part of this project to be sitting on it knowing, well, that's not the case because we've got, you know, we've got this project that essentially celebrates Lincolnshire and and Lincoln as a city. Um, We have this in the back pocket that, you know, we can't announce just yet. Um, and it is something that's been um, done in conjunction with the club. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good project. And um, I think this is the fact that it's gone above and beyond because I was listening to the radio early today and Maria was on saying that um, I think initially they just wanted to get involved with the My Shirt, My City project. And then eventually they said, well, can we, uh, you know, can we design a shirt? And they've got it made. So, I think if I'm right in thinking, there are only a hundred of them available. Um, it was launched yesterday, as you're listening to this, at the club shop in the Waterside. Um, I was gutted that I couldn't make it, but uh, thankfully, um, a very kind soul managed to pick up a shirt for me, uh, and I'll be grabbing that at the next home game. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Right, shall we? Uh, shall we look into the future? Um, I believe we can do. We can do, Ben. I'm surprised you got that ability. 
<laughs> well, I've got, um, uh, you know, we've obviously got a game to talk about. Um, you spoke to an Accrington fan, I do believe. Do not, I, I managed to find one. Yes, they are they are difficult to 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 come from. Um, uh, no, I spoke to a guy called Callum, who is on the Raw Milk podcast or fanzine. Um, really good lad. Um, just done a, a live show with him as well. Um, he sort of uh, explained that everything Accrington, and, and here's what he had to say uh, uh, about Accrington and the game. Being in League One for Atkinson Stanley is a massive achievement, and to re- retain that status is is surely what you aim for at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's like you say, a bit of a double-edged sword because last season, the sort of the COVID season, we did sort of flirt with the playoffs. Mm. You know, if we'd had a bit more luck with injuries and suspensions, we might have sneaked in there. But uh, given the size of the club, given the budget, and I'm very pessimistic anyway. Um, I would always take survival on goal difference every year. So to be comfortable, I mean, we were comfortable five or six games ago, really. So to have sort of 10, 10 games left with, you know, very little to play for is a, a luxury, really. Great season. And and John Coleman talked to me about, about him, what a job he's doing at, at Accrington. I'm sure you can't write enough superlatives about him. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the sort of English football's great mysteries, really, how John Coleman doesn't get attention from bigger clubs mm. and uh, it's never been done before you know four promotions we were languishing in the seventh tier when he came in mm. we just had our first ever relegation and um, we used to lose you know five nil to places like Bamber Bridge and Flixton and these kind mm. of places and we used to get gates of sort of three four hundred a push um, to take us full time to take us back into the league and into league one and be going toe-to-toe with your Sunderlands and your Portsmouths and your Ipswiches is, is, is it's mental, really. I mean, what he's done, not just for the club, uh, but for the town as well. Mm. You know, keeping the town on the map. Uh, and he can't, you know, he walks on water in Accrington. We've just opened a new uh, a new bar named after him. Um, mm. I'll be the first to chip in for the statue when he leaves. <laughs> you know, great, great man and a great ambassador for the club and the town. And do you think, obviously, there's, there'll be a lot of comparisons drawn between John Coleman, perhaps because of recent weeks, what's happened with Sean Dyche at Burnley? Um, do you feel that that's a a fair comparison, and b sort of, are you expecting John Coleman to move on to better things? I mean, so it's a comparison I hear a lot in mm. sort of the East Lancs area. You know, Burnley are only down the road from Accrington, five mm. miles down the road. So I do hear that a lot, um, but I always chime in and say Sean Dyche did take Burnley down. Mm. once uh, but pound for pound it's a very similar job but uh, I would say John Coleman's footballing philosophy is probably a bit more expansive uh, than Sean yeah. Dyche we like to get down and play um, but in terms of him moving on there was a period sort of 10 years ago when he left for Rochdale yeah. um, and it didn't go too well for him and he came back to us via sort of Sligo in Ireland and mm-hmm. Southport and I think he had his fingers burned a bit and, and we'd be in his late 50s now um, it would have to be a very, very, you know, very lucrative offer yeah. or a very big club that I don't think will come in for him. Mm-hmm. But it must be frustrating for him because he sees his contemporaries, you know, your Nigel Cloughs and your Mark Coopers get get these big chances when they've done really sort of half half, half as much on sometimes twice the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he'll leave again. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to Burnley with Dyche now because... I've got a feeling that should they go down, uh, they might struggle in the championship, which on one hand I'd be delighted with because I'd love to welcome Burnley to the crown ground in a league game. Um, but but also it's it, it's it's not, not good for the area, really. It's nice for East Lancashire to have a Premier League team, I think. 
Yeah, we've got some good memories of of Turf Moor, given given our recent history. Um, I'm just curious to get some of your highlights of the season. Obviously, you would have, you've, you, like you mentioned, you've rubbed toes with the, the big boys in League One. Well, the big boys, they like to call themselves. Um, what's been your personal highlight of the season? I think it's been great having the uh, the derby back with Morecambe. So Morecambe came up last season through the playoffs. Yeah. Derek Adams, fantastic job. No one expected that. And it's a strange one because we've played Morecambe many times um, and they're a very similar size club to us. Mm. Uh, but this season, because they've they've had a great, you know, the, the season tickets are 150 quid. They've been getting three and a half, four thousand on at home, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But a lot of the younger fans were acting like that's always been the case, right? And, and I was thinking they're they're a lot bigger than us, and they should yeah. be smashing us and things like that. Um, so when they came to the Crown Ground this year, it's always been sort of a friendly derby, um, mm. but it had quite a bit of needle to it which I quite enjoyed in a way mm. um, so that was a highlight um, coming from 2-0 down to draw against them at home um, the 3-3 away game uh, the seaside was excellent uh, school in Charlton 2-0 away from home mm. always good to go to the big teams and win um, I just love it because I, I was on um, Radio Newcastle when we played Sunderland and the, 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 I don't know who the second pundit was but he was doing the as you alluded to before, the old, you know, is it your cup final? Yeah. What's it like for your players? They're used to it. The professional third tier footballers, you know, it's not it's not a day out. It's not a cup final. We're here on merit. Mm. And um, it's a strange thing with Accrington Stanley because say you are a Sunderland or an Ipswich or a Portsmouth and you lose to Lincoln or you lose to, I don't know, somebody of that ilk. Mm. It's disappointing, but they'll brush it off. Whereas if they lose to Accrington, it's an absolute disgrace. But but you know we're we're a league higher than teams like Bradford and Tranmere. You know we're two leagues higher than your Stockports and your Exams. You know we're not we're only a small club in a small town. But the eleven we put out is often a match for anybody. And there we go. Thank you very much, Callum, for speaking to Jake um, ahead of Saturday's game away at Accrington Stanley. Um, I mean, you, you've had a chat with him. You've, uh, you know, seen what uh, what Accrington are all about. Obviously, you're heading to the game. What do you reckon? Do we think it's uh, it's going to be the typical end of season dead rubber, or is this going to be something more? Um, I do not. Ben, it's really difficult to call because Accrington can go one of two ways. Where they have really dire, dull, off you know, on the beach games uh, like they've had in a couple of weeks. They have the the nil nil with. Um, Burton on um, Good Friday, um, and then they, you know, I don't know if you saw the <clears throat> the game they had. <clears throat> bloody hell! Um, the game they had against um, Cheltenham a few weeks ago, where it was four four. chaos. Yeah, Ellis Chapman scored a, a beautiful own goal. Um, fantastic finish. Um, yeah, no, look, Atkinson are a side obviously that probably have the smallest budget in the league. They have to recruit through non-league um i mean one of the players that we didn't really mention on on the preview that that i'm massively interested in is a guy called um tommy lee um he's a lad they signed from bogner regis who tommy lee tommy lee yes yes i know what it means yes um but uh, he's an attacking midfielder he's got long hair long locks um formerly um, in motley crew yeah yeah thank you ben 
Um, <laughs> uh, and he's like, really useful with the football, it turns out. He, he scores goals, he makes goals, he has got a bit of a temper, I'm so told, um, and gets himself sent off a little bit. Um, but no, what a job John Coleman's doing. I think it's disgraceful that he doesn't get nominated for all these jobs that you look at you. Um, Michael Duff, who's been given, you know, not an opportunity for the Burnley job, but he's been linked to the Burnley job. You know, where's John Coleman's link? It's not a sexy appointment, is it? Um, if John Coleman was to get the Lincoln job after Michael Appleton, it wouldn't be a sexy appointment. But no, uh, Atkinson, it'd be a tough game. They're, they're really good at home. Um, they're, they're diabolical away. Uh, they've won three away games all season, which. Of course, one of them was uh, at Central Bank, but at home they tend to be really good, um, really well structured. They, they've got a team full of big lads, Ben, so I'm expecting um, them to, to be quite physical. But but Callum did let me know that whilst it's you know all good, all well and good saying oh Atkinson play physical in your face, um, they are now an established third tier club and they have got some really good you know talented gifted technical footballers so um keep your eye out on those sorts of plays you know i mentioned tommy lee but colby bishop is a player that scored the winner at lincoln um but conville won't play fortunately because you know he he was quite good against us as well um but they've got plenty of really talented footballers and yeah difficult game i think even though we're on we'll both be on the beach um I have a feeling that we we can go there and get a result because you know now we're safe and and Michael can do a bit of experimenting I suppose so no tough game ahead um long, obviously it's a, a fairly long away trip as well um hopefully we, we've sold a lot of tickets for it and uh, fingers crossed we can um, have one more memorable away moment to think about because we've been quite good on the road this year I think Ben yeah absolutely um I mean do we, do we think it's going to be the kind of game where you know like you say we're safe now we've got you know we're guaranteed league one football again next season yeah is this going to be the point at which you know we, we will potentially fill the bench with youth players and and maybe you know give uh, give a couple of players that have been on the fringes a, a decent run out and say look okay here's your chance impress me for next season um i i, I don't really know if um because I don't think we've seen it really from uh, from the point of you know since Michael's come in that we've had that kind of dead rubber feeling to the end of the season, have we? We've not, you know, we've, no. we've not had that moment where we've gone, okay, right, we've not really got a huge amount to play for, so just go out and have fun. Um, I wonder if it's going to be a bit, like you say, a bit experimental um, on Saturday. But we'll, uh, yeah, what do you reckon? Um, I think the next two games are a really good opportunity to have a look at in a bit more depth the players that we know are going to be here next year, like you say. Um, again, you've taken my point that we've not seen Michael Appleton um, manage a dead rubber game. Obviously, the games in his first season, we, we were sort of sliding towards the bottom three at the time, wasn't it? Because only three relegation spots that year. Um, we were sliding towards that. And I think before lockdown, we had that massive game up at Tranmere that was going to be critical wasn't it and then obviously the year later we were fighting for promotion and we had games meaning everything pretty much every week um and this season it's been a fight against against the drop but you know i think it's quite exciting because i think like you say it'd be good to get some of these um youngsters around the squad like i know we probably won't see the likes of freddie draper or javon mccoma or hayden cam because they're obviously currently out on loan mm. but perhaps someone like an O'Sheen gallagher might might get a run in um, yeah. 
I'd like to see more of Lash Sorensen in midfield. I think he started the season off really well in midfield and then he's sort of been in, out of the team recently. Um, we might see Hacks given a start and and as much as people will criticise Hakeem, um, I think it would be good for him to have, you know, to, to have a proper look at him because we've not seen him that much this season. Um, so in that way, I think it'll be good that it's a mini preseason and we can see look who Michael can, who Michael feels he can trust next year. Um, I think it will say a lot for the future of Max Sanders if we if we don't see Max Sanders in the next couple of games. I'm going to be quite worried about his his future. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see Max Sanders. I mean, um, fantastic player, even funnier bloke. I don't know if you saw what I tweeted, Ben. That he, he did an Instagram. Have you seen this, Ben? I, know I haven't. Off- no. He he. he <laughs> He did an, an Instagram post of him and Ben House at the Pompey game. Um, and he, you know how Instagram, you can tag people. And instead yeah. of tagging Ben House, he's just tagged an account called In the Middle of Our Street. <laughs> and it, it was genuinely, it, it had me in tears. So fair play, Max. But no, Is that not Ben House's account then? No, 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 no. Um, so if we don't see Max, I'm getting worried about his long-term future at the football club. Similar sort, maybe not a similar thing with Lass. Um, look, it's difficult. Um, Michael has to, you know, we want to try and finish on as many points as possible, don't we? But then we also want to look ahead to next season. So difficult decision for Michael. Um, like I say, I feel like we might see a few more players. Um, I think Ben House is going to be probably starting both of the games given the way that Michael spoke about after the Cheltenham game so that's an exciting one to look forward to um, and yet really just 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 try different things because these next two games mean nothing we're safe we've got nothing to play for and it, I think it'd be quite interesting you know perhaps maybe even stick Regan Paul up front and see if he can score a couple of volleys <laughs> maybe not quite that far but um, no I'd, I'd... up front then <laughs> I, I pay money for that. I think I pay my season ticket fee for that. <laughs> I I can't see that happening, unfortunately. But yeah. um, I won't go to Accrington then. <laughs> no, I think um, you know. I, I think there'll be uh, some. Well, I would hope there'll be some interesting team selection um, coming out of it. You know, obviously not to the extent of which you know you're going to get people wondering what the hell they paid the money for if they go down there, but. I think, um, yeah, like you say, having that um, th- that slight vision, if you like, of, OK, well, what's going to happen next season? You know, th- these are the players that Michael's going to be um, going to have at his disposal next year. Um, I would be quite interested to see whether, like, um, John Marquis plays and um, whether Conor McGrandles plays. Because obviously they're you know two players that are um, kind of linked with moves away or you know not being at the club next year, um, and you, it almost makes me wonder if that is the case, particularly with Conor McGrandles, is he going to play um, you know away at Accrington or is it going to be a case of well you can have a farewell game at the you know at home against uh, against Crew so. Yeah, um, interesting one. Hopefully, you know, we can get a good away day from it, like you said. Um, get a decent um, get a decent sense of things for, for next season. But ultimately, the key thing is that, uh, you know, Lincoln City will be playing in League One again next season for the first time. Four seasons on the trot now for 
is it since the 60s? It's the second time in, we've stayed in the in the, in the third tier um, for four years, I think. Yeah, which, you know, when, when you get to that point where you're having a, a whinge about everything on, you know, on social media or just kind of having a, you know, a, a big rant about how unambitious the football club is at the moment, just take that fact and just think, yeah, this is this is the best period of uh, of you know sustained league positions or you know sustained uh, appearances in the league um, for for the best part of you know five decades, which is just crazy, really. Um, but I think that's probably a good spot to to hold up or to wrap up for the evening. Um, is there anything else that uh, actually there is something else that I need to talk about? Um, is there anything else that you need to uh, you mention? Do yours tonight, first. You do yours first, Ben. You do yours uh, first. Okay. Um, I did say that I give him uh, give him a cheeky plug. Um, don't forget to get yourself uh, over to uh, Chris Ray Imptoons on social media. Get the yearbook ordered. Um, I believe the standard pre-order is up now it may be he may he may probably message me tomorrow and go no you got that wrong you muppet but um chris obviously did the um like the, the premium pre-order where you'll be able to to get a signed version of it and i think you get a bookmark and then i think he's put a few extras as well for um you know for, for people if they want to get a signed for a signed character card of a couple of the players which you know Chris does great work. Um, I don't think anyone can criticise him for what he does. Is you know all the money goes back into the club, um, and it's you know it's bloody funny. So um, get on it if you haven't already. Um, but that's that's my little uh, little plug on behalf of Chris. Done. Um, well, mine Ben was was a question for you actually. Okay. Obviously, um, your football club, your your other football club, have appointed a new manager today, Ben. How, I'm just wanted curious what your your thoughts were. On the new Man United manager. Obviously, you're such a United fan. Did you not know this? No, this was coming when that got announced today, or when mm. I was doing the podcast. Did you not expect this? No, I, I thought you might, you know, be be reasonable, Jake. No, 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 Ben. Look, you need to learn this. Um, so, I'm no, just curious. What you think, think of Ten Hag because I, I know you're give, a big United fan. I couldn't give less of a toss. <laughs> I think we have photos that would suggest otherwise. Yeah, there are photos of me in a Man United <laughs> kit because I went to Old Trafford for a promotional um, event for a video game, and I oh, got to play. I got to play football with Dennis Irwin and Jason Park, and Andy Cole was there as well. Um, but that's it, you know. I've I, I wore it once or twice afterwards, once to wind Gaz up, um, and once to get a reaction at the live podcast recording. There you go. And and now you get stick about it. Pretty much until the end of time. Yeah, yeah, that's how these it's, things work, isn't it? That's how it goes, Ben. You'll get, you'll find something on me. I've got no doubt about it. Oh, I've got loads of stuff on you already, mate. Trap. Network spies, mate. Network spies. <laughs> but you see, Jake, that is what you call banter and not being a twat. Anyway, um, <laughs> right. Always oh, brave now. Gary's not here. <laughs> <laughs> We've hit an hour. Or there or thereabouts. Once bedtime, I've uh, edited the uh, edited the stuff in, um, it is nearly bedtime. It is quarter to eleven in the evening, um, which is much much later than we would normally do the podcast. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, everybody's been really busy today, and uh, we've managed to to carve out a little bit of time 
for you lovely, lovely people. Get us shared, get us uh, subscribed, tell a mate, all that stuff. And uh, we'll see you soon. Up the imps. Up the imps. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.